Fidelio by John F. Runciman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. As an enthusiastic lover of Fidelio, I may perhaps be permitted to put one or two questions to certain other of its lovers. Is it an opera at all? Does it not consist of one wonderful touching situation, padded out before and behind, before with some particularly fatuous reminiscences of the old comedy of intrigue, behind with some purely formal business and a pompous final chorus? Fidelio exists by reason of that one tremendous scene. There is nothing else dramatic in it. However fine the music is, one cannot forget that the libretto is fustian and superfluous nonsense. Had Beethoven possessed the slightest genius for opera, had he possessed anything like Mozart's dramatic instinct, and of course his own determination to touch nothing but fitting subjects, he would have felt that no meaner story than the Flying Dutchman would serve as an opportunity to say all that was aroused in his heart and in his mind by the tale of Leonora. As he had no genius whatever for opera, no sense of the dramatic in life, the tale of Leonora seemed to him good enough, and after all in its essence it is the same as the tale of Senta. The Dutchman himself happens to be more interesting than Florestan because of his weird fate, but he is no more the principal character in Wagner's opera than Florestan is the principal character in Beethoven's opera. The principal character in each case is the woman who takes her fate into her own hands and fearlessly chances every risk for the sake of the man she loves. And just as Wagner wrote the best passage in The Dutchman for the moment when Senta promises to be faithful through life and death, so Beethoven in the prison scene of Fidelio wrote as tremendous a passage as even he ever conceived for the moment when Leonora makes up her mind at, at all costs to save the life of the wretched prisoner whose grave she is helping to dig. The tale is simple enough. There is scarcely enough of it to call a tale. Leonora's husband, Florestan, has somehow fallen into the power of his enemy, Pizarro, who imprisons him and then says he is dead. Leonora disbelieves this, and, disguising herself as a boy and taking the name of Fidelio, hires herself as an assistant to Rocco, the jailer of the fortress in which Florestan is confined. At that time the news arrives that an envoy of the king is coming to see that no injustice is being done by Pizarro. Pizarro has been hoping to starve Florestan slowly to death, but now he sees the necessity of more rapid action. He therefore tells Rocco to dig a grave in Florestan's cell, and he himself will do the necessary murder. This brings about the great prison scene. Florestan lies asleep in a corner. Leonora is not sure whether she is helping to dig his grave or the grave of some other unlucky wretch. But while she works, she takes her resolution. Whoever he may be, she will risk all consequences and save him. Pizarro arrives and is about to kill Florestan when Leonora presents a pistol to his head, and before he has quite had time to recover, a trumpet call is heard. 
signalling the arrival of the envoy pizarro knows the game is up and florestan that his wife has saved him this i declare is the only dramatic scene in the play here the thing ends excepting it there is no real incident the business at the beginning about the jailer's daughter refusing to have anything more to do with her former sweetheart and falling in love with the supposed fidelio is merely silly rocco's song elegantly translated in one edition life is nothing without money heaven knows whether it was intended to be humorous is stupid pizarro's stage villainous song of vengeance is unnecessary the arrangement of the crime is a worry these and in fact all that comes before the great scene are entirely superfluous the purest piffle very tiresome most exasperating of all is the stupid dialogue which makes one hope that the man who wrote it died a painful lingering death but in spite of it all beethoven by writing some very beautiful music in the first act and by rising to an astonishing height in the prison scene and the seceding duet has created one of the wonders of the music world being a glorification of woman german woman although leonora is presumably spanish fidelio has inevitably become in germany the hausfrau's opera probably there is not a hausfrau who faithfully cooks her husband's dinner washes for him blacks his boots and would even brush his clothes did he ever think that necessary who does not see herself reflected in leonora probably every german householder either longs to possess her or believes that he does possess her consequently just as mozart's don giovanni became the playground of the italian prima donna so has fidelio become the playground of that terrible apparition the wifely woman artist the singer with no voice nor beauty nor manners but with a high character for correct morality and a pressure of sentimentality that would move a traction engine i remember seeing it played a few years ago and can never forget a leonora of sixteen stones steadily singing out a tune in the first act professing with profuse perspiration her devotion to her husband whose weight was rather less than half hers and in the second act nearly crushing the poor gentleman by throwing herself on him to show him that she was forever his a recent performance at covent garden arranged specially i understand for ternina was not nearly so bad as that but still ternina scared me horribly with the enormous force of her wifely ardor it may be that german women are more demonstrative than english women in public but for my poor part too much public affection between man and wife always strikes me as a little false besides the grand characteristic of leonora is not that she loves her husband lots of women do that and manage to love other people's husbands also but that driven at first by affection and afterwards by purely human compassion she is capable of rising to the heroic point of doing in life what she feels she must do of course she may have been an abnormal combination of the wifely woman with the heroic woman but one cannot help thinking that probably she was not that however strong her affection for florestan she would no sooner get him home 
then she would ask him how he came to be such a fool as to get into pizarro's clutches anyhow ternina's conception of leonora as a mixture of the contemptible willless german housefrau with the strong-willed woman of action was to me a mixture of contradictions yet despite all these things the opera made the deep impression it does and always will make that impression is due entirely to the music and not to the drama dramatic music in the sense that mozart's music and wagner's is dramatic it is not there is not the slightest attempt at characterization not even such small characterization as mozart secured in his la sidarum with serlina's little fluttering agitated phrases nor in the lighter portions is there a trace of mozart's divine intoxicating laughter of the sweet sad laugh with which he met the griefs life brought him there is none of mozart's sunlight his delicious fresh early morning sunlight in beethoven's music when he wrote such a number as the first duet intended to be gracefully semi-humorous he was merely heavy clumsy dull but when the worst has been said when one has writhed under the recollection of an adipose prima donna fooling with bear-like skittishness a german tenor whose figure and face bewray the lager habit when one has shuddered to remember the long-winded idiotic dialogue the fact remains firmly set in one's mind that one has stood before a gigantic work of art a work whose every defect is redeemed by its overwhelming power and beauty and pathos there has never been nor does it seem possible there ever will be a finer scene written than the dungeon scene it begins with the low soft throbbing of the strings then there is the sinister thunderous roll of the double basses then the old man quietly tells leonora to hurry on with the digging at the grave and leonora replies against that wondrous phrase of the oboes after that the old man continues to grumble the dull threatening thunder of the basis continues and leonora half terrified tries to see whether the sleeping prisoner is her husband then abruptly her courage rises her short broken phrases are abandoned and to a great sweeping melody she declares that whoever the prisoner may be she will set him free these twenty bars are as great music as anything in the world they even leave senta's declaration in the dutchman far behind they are at once triumphant and charged with a pathos nearly unendurable in its intensity the scene ends with a strange hushed unison passage like some unearthly chant it is the lull before the breaking of the storm the entry of pizarro and the pistol business are by no means done as wagner or mozart would have done them the music is always excellent and sometimes great but persistently symphonic and not dramatic in character however it serves in the strength of the situation carries one on until the trumpet call is heard and then we get a wonderful tune such as neither mozart nor wagner could have written a tune that is sheer beethoven the finale of the scene is neither here nor there but in the duet between leonora and floristan we have again pure beethoven there is one passage it begins at bar thirty two which is the expression of the very soul of the composer 
one feels that if it had not come his heart must have burst i have neither space nor inclination to rehearse all the splendours of the opera but may remind the reader of florestan's song in the dungeon leonora's address to hope and the hundred other fine things spread over it it is symphonic not dramatic music but it is at times unspeakably pathetic at times full of radiant strength and always an absolutely truthful utterance of sheer human emotion wagner hit exactly the word when he spoke of the truthful beethoven here is no pose no mere tone weaving but the precise and most poignant expression of the logical course taken by the human passions end of fidelio by john f runciman